Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music, transcribed with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. The King's Heralds open this broadcast with an old favorite song, Tell Me the Story of Jesus. Tell me the story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell how the angels in chorus sang as they welcomed his birth. Glory to God in the highest, peace and good tidings to story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell of the cross where they nailed him, writhing in and pain. Tell of the grave where they laid him. Tell how he liveth again. Love in the story so tender, clearer than ever I see. Stay, let me weep while you Love paid the ransom for me. Tell me the story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Our Heavenly Father, 
We pray that the story of Jesus may indeed be sweet to us. May this broadcast bring blessing to everyone who listens. Strengthen the weak, comfort the sorrowing, guide and lead those who are seeking thy truth. In Jesus' name we ask it. There is a place of quiet rest Near to the heart of God A place where sin cannot molest Near to the heart of God O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, Sent from the heart of God. Hold us who bow before thee. Near to the heart of God. Jesus, as the wind.
Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, the man who talked to his soul. Money is a sort of crystallized energy. If money is the symbol of value of all that this mortal life means to men, then we might say that money is blood, sweat, and tears, using the words of one of the great masters of our language. Money is a handy medium of exchange to almost everybody on earth and to millions it's a god or idol. But dedicated money is doing great things for God and his church on earth today. Passing through the multiplying fingers of our Lord Jesus Christ, like the loaves and fishes of old, it meets the spiritual and physical demands of multitudes. Dedicated money preaches the gospel of God's grace to the millions. It teaches divine truth to our children. It helps the needy, feeds the hungry, clothes the naked. It goes to the uttermost parts of the earth with a message of the cross and our Savior's redeeming sacrifice for men. Truly dedicated money makes possible the ministry of teaching, healing, and salvation commanded by our Lord Jesus Christ himself. The question is, are we and our money dedicated? How are we employing this symbol of value, this concentrated essence of energy? Do we spend our money for that which is not bread, as we read in Isaiah 55, 2, even for things positively harmful? Here in our own country of America, we spend over $6 billion every year for liquor. Every year, $2 billion go up in tobacco smoke. We throw away $6.5 in gambling. And while billions are thus spent, not merely for that which is not needful, but for that which is actually hurtful, God's work is largely neglected in many areas. Jesus was the world's authority on the money question. One day, while teaching mighty spiritual truths, he was suddenly interrupted 
A man in the audience cried out, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Or as Goodspeed paraphrases it, A man's life does not belong to him, no matter how rich he is. Luke twelve thirteen and onward. There were lawyers and judges to care for such financial controversies. Jesus did not deny the need for some settlement in the man's case, the need for judges and deciders and dividers, but he brushed aside the immediate occasion and focused attention on the basic cause of the man's trouble, covetousness. What was his greatest concern, justice or the money? Spiritual truths evidently had no hold in his mind. He saw an opportunity here to use the good influence and power of Jesus to his own advantage. Like the man with the muckrake in Bunyan's immortal allegory, his eyes were fixed on the earth. He couldn't see the crown above his head. The spiritual kingdom which Christ was offering to everyone, like Simon Magus of old, he valued the gift of God only as a means of worldly gain. Our Savior came to establish the kingdom of his grace. Yet here human greed faced him and would have turned him back from his work and occupied him in a dispute over a piece of land or other property. But he was not diverted from his mission. Man, he said, who made me a judge or a divider over you? He virtually said, it is not my work to settle controversies of this kind. He came for another purpose, to preach the gospel and to arouse men to a sense of eternal realities. Christ's treatment of this case is a lesson to all who minister in his name. When he sent forth his disciples, he said, As ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 10, 7. They were not to settle the temporal affairs of the people. Their work was to persuade men to be reconciled to God. The gospel of his grace, and that alone can cure the evils that curse society. Let the servants of Christ preach the gospel with the Spirit sent down from heaven and work as he did for the benefit of men. Then... Such results will be manifest in the blessing and uplifting of mankind as are wholly impossible of accomplishment by human power. Our Savior struck at the very root of the affair that troubled this man and all similar disputes when he said, Take heed, beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things. Then Jesus told a story that will never be forgotten as long as time lasts. The story of the man who talked to his soul. We might call it the monologue of a fool. Here it is in Luke 12, 16 to 21. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. As my grandmother used to remind me, there are no pockets in shrouds. 
We can take nothing out of this world. We can take none of our money with us when we leave it. The only possible way to transfer treasure from here to there is to follow the instruction of Jesus when he said, Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Matthew 6.20. And we do that by investing in God's kingdom here, and so we find it credited to us over there. My grandfather took part in the great Alaskan gold rush. He was an earnest Christian, circulated Christian literature wherever he went in the great Northland. As a result, I've always been interested in the Klondike gold rush. Soon after that great excitement, an old Alaskan miner got off the train in New York City. His clothes were ragged. He carried all his belongings in a large bag. He claimed he had been robbed of $400 on the train. He was without funds and destitute. Taken to the offices of the Travelers Aid Society, he was given sleeping quarters and meals. After several weeks, he became very ill and died. The officials who took inventory of his bag were amazed to find $54,000 in government bonds, $60,000 in bank deposits in San Francisco and other places, and $5,000 in jewelry besides $1,900 in cash in a money belt around his body. He was a poor, rich miser and lived on public charity in order to accumulate a little more money. But when he died, how much did he leave? Every cent of it. Covetousness is a disease of the soul. In Christ's dramatic story, the foolish rich man did not recognize that he was God's steward. There were plenty of places where his money could have been used to help the needy, to bless the world. He couldn't see them. He thought only of ministering to his own comfort. He actually thought that all he possessed belonged to him personally. What about the poor, the orphan, the widow, the suffering, the afflicted, the sick, the uneducated, and above all, those who were born and die in spiritual darkness and ignorance? The man talked to his soul about none of these people. He talked only about himself, his own desires. He lived as if there were no God, no heaven, no future life. The psalmist described this rich man when he wrote, The fool has said in his heart, There's no God. Psalm 14.1 While this man was talking to his soul, making plans for years of enjoyment, God was making different plans for him. The message came to him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Here's a demand that money cannot change. And it's true of all men. The one and only thing that would have been valuable to him then is not secured. In living for self, he has rejected that divine love which would have flowed out in mercy to his fellow man. So, you see, he rejected life. For God is love, and love is life. This man who talked to his soul made a failure of life. Some of the world's richest men have realized and admitted that money itself doesn't satisfy the soul. John Jacob Astor, who had raised himself by his own abilities from poverty and became one of the wealthiest citizens of the United States on his deathbed, asked for a pencil and paper and wrote, My life has been a failure, certainly not financially. Why did God call this man who talked to his soul a fool? Two reasons. First, he thought that a life of secure and abundant earthly enjoyment was the highest form of happiness. Second, because when he acquired the means for obtaining this, he thought he had a long lease on that enjoyment. No other fault is found with a man but these two things. If we make the enjoyment of things, no matter what things, first in life, we make the greatest mistake possible 
because so far as we're concerned, they end when time ends for us. What is the first in our life? God, his kingdom, righteousness, holiness, the service of God and of others? Or is it a new house, a better house, a bigger house, finer furniture, newer electronic gadgets, more expensive automobiles, a finer television set, and on and on ad infinitum? That's not life. God's favor is treasure. Good works are riches. The wisdom which is from above is more precious than rubies. And if we do not have these true riches, we live and die as beggars. Remember this, friend. One's life is made secure not by things, but by triumph over things. This is not by self-discipline alone, as that of the ancient Stoics, but it is the gift of God. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. One's life does not consist in the abundance of the things which he possesses, but it does consist in abundance of another sort. It's through him who loved us and gave himself for us that we can in all things be more than conquerors. Romans 8:37. To know this love, the love of God, which cannot be separated from the child of God, and which is received by faith through the grace of God, is to be rich indeed. It is the spirit of the devil to get, the spirit of Christ to give, to sacrifice self for the good of others. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. 1 John 5:12. If we talk to our souls today, what shall we say? Shall it not be this? Soul, all that I have belongs to God. Life itself, every breath, every heartbeat is a gift from him. What shall I do? I will give myself to him fully, completely, all that I have and am, for his service, to be a blessing to humanity. Christ died for me, and through his atoning sacrifice on the cross, I have eternal life. All that I have and am through his redemption is dedicated to him to be used to bless the world. When Robert Dollar, president of the Dollar Steamship Company, sustained a heavy loss through the sinking of one of his ships, not fully insured, he lay worrying night after night. This must stop, he said to himself. I did not know that I loved money so much. I'm thinking more about the dollars than the dollar myself. I will write a check for the amount of my loss and give it to the Lord. And so he did. For there is a gain that is loss and a loss that is gain, as the poor rich man learned that night who talked to his soul.
beautiful city with its mansions of light, with its glorified beings in garments of white, where no evil thing cometh to despoil what is fair, where the angels are watching. Yes, my name's written there. Yes, my name's written there on the page white and fair in the book of thy kingdom. Yes, my name's written there. May God help us to be obedient to him and to keep looking up, going forward in faith. Radio friends, as we go forward in faith, one of the most important things for all of us to do is to pray. The Voice of Prophecy has a special prayer service every Thursday at 8 o'clock in the morning. We all gather together and pray for those who have written to us. We wonder if you wouldn't like to join that worldwide prayer circle by praying for us, for yourselves, for others, at 8 o'clock on Thursday morning. Have faith in God in all we do and say. Have faith in God. Seek now His will, His way. Have faith in God. Make first things first today. Have faith, dear friend, in God. And now we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for another transcribed broadcast brought to you by the voice of prophecy. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.